We would like to welcome you to another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR. FM 101.9, of course, and on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and of course we have a lot of music to play for you this evening until well after midnight. However, our jazz feature always takes priority, and we're going to do that uh, right away. And of course, uh, I should just mention that later on in the show, we'll, uh, we're going to hear a performance by Um, or some of a performance by Ella Fitzgerald in honor of the great lady who was born today. And um, it's her birthday today. And, of course, we have uh, a wonderful um, album that we're going to delve into a few tunes from uh, later on in the show. And we've got music by just a ton of people. Um, (laughs) If I start mentioning names, um, it'll just go on and on and on. So you just have to, if you're here... You just have to keep listening. But our jazz feature takes priority, and that's always the first on our agenda. And tonight is the final performance, or the final feature. We're going to do this again sometime down the road, uh, maybe in the fall again, um, or whenever, and do some more obscure musicians deserving of wider recognition. And in this case, the musician is an alto saxophonist by the name of Woods. Everybody's saying, Phil Woods? Obscure? No, it's not Phil Woods. It's Jimmy Woods. Jimmy Woods only made two albums under his own name. We're going to hear his debut album this evening that was released on Contemporary Records. I'll tell you about that in a minute. The album is called Awakening. Jimmy Woods was a big inspiration to me as an alto saxophonist. I remember when I heard this record, I thought, yeah, there's something in this playing that I want to get. And uh, I really listened to this this record um, a lot. And I remember, it's funny because on the first uh, part of our jazz feature, the first five tunes, the pianist, uh, is somebody who I got to know very well. Uh, his name is Amos Trice, and there's another obscure musician, very, very fine pianist, played with everybody, including Charlie Parker. Um, Amos uh, was became and I became quite good friends, but when I first met Amos, he was here and it appeared at the original cellar with Harold Land. And um, I was chatting with Amos one night after one of the performances, and he was telling me, he said, you know, he says, you played alto saxophone, and, and uh, he said, uh, have you ever heard of, do you know Jimmy Woods? And I said, never heard of the guy, never heard of him, never, don't know anything about him. He said, you will, you will, man. And I, and I said, uh, he said, he's, he's, he is something else. He, he's got his own thing going. And I, he said, he's, he's well on his way to becoming um, he's going to become a very important musician. So, uh, um, and he said, I've done some playing with him, and he, he is something else. He's a little bit strange guy because he's not com- really committed to music. He's got a day gig, and, um, but he, uh, he plays. And so uh, that was the first time I ever heard Jimmy Wood's name mentioned, and that was from, from Amos. So 
Um, it kind of went in one ear and out the other because I'd never heard of the guy, never knew anything about it. And, of course, then this record came along, and I went, hey, wait a minute. And I remember buying it sight unseen and uh, putting it on the record player at home and going, oh, oh, now I know what this guy, what Amos was talking about. So that's a little bit of my personal history with Jimmy Woods. Jimmy was born in St. Louis, Missouri, on October 29th, 1934. Now, I have no idea where he's living today. I have no idea whether he is living. Um, There is nothing in the books, nothing I've been able to find on the Internet except his recordings, and nothing about his life after about the mid-60s. Jimmy Woods... um, And his family moved to the Seattle area, and that's when he first started playing. He uh, he took up the clarinet as a young boy and studied that and then got a saxophone a little later on and worked on that and began uh, performing as a teenager with rhythm and blues bands playing the tenor saxophone, Uh, interestingly enough, and did a lot of work... um, and, and, of course, went to school, did all that kind of stuff, and, and played in rhythm and blues bands for many years. Then he joined the Army because he was, that was part of the American uh, experience. Um, and he was drafted, of course, and stayed in the Army and did some playing in there. And uh, um, then moved down to Los Angeles and worked in Bullock's department store. <laughs> uh, he was in the warehouse in the store. That was his gig. And, of course, he had met a lady and, and uh, started a family and um, played some uh, more gigs uh, in rhythm and blues style on tenor saxophone. And then one day a, a traumatic experience happened, happened. He had a saxophone stolen, his tenor stolen. And he didn't have a whole lot of money, and and so he... For the few months that he was without a saxophone, he didn't do any playing at all and just kind of brooded over what was going on and his bad luck and so on and so forth. And one day he walked into a a pawn shop and saw an alto saxophone in there and at a nice price and took it out and started to play it and realized that that was his real voice. And, of course, uh, continued. They eventually went to music school um, and eventually um, went on to college as well to uh, study social work. He, he, he did both things at once and began to be heard around Los Angeles, and that's when Amos first met him, my, my piano-playing friend. And um, so uh, that's about the story of Jimmy Woods. He recorded an album uh, as a sideman with a great trumpet player by the name of Joe Gordon, and um, that was introduced him to the president of Contemporary Records, Lester Koenig. And Lester was very impressed with Jimmy's playing and um, actually asked him to do his own record date. And that's how this particular recording came about. Now, I'll tell you just a little more about Jimmy Woods um, uh, he recorded two wonderful albums for Contemporary, 
and this one and the second one called Conflict, which got a, a lot of press. It was a wonderful album. He also worked with Gerald Wilson's big band and did some work with uh, tenor saxophonist Teddy Edwards in his 10-piece band. I heard and met Jimmy Woods only once, and this was in February of 1964. I was in San Francisco, and uh, Chico Hamilton and his quintet was playing at the jazz workshop, and I wanted to hear Chico's band because he had some great people uh, in the band, including a friend of mine on bass, Albert Stinson. Uh, Albert was on bass. The great Gabor Zabo, the Hungarian guitarist, was, was uh, there, and Garnet Brown on trombone, and, of course, Chico on drums, and Jimmy Woods. He had just taken Charles Lloyd's place in the band, and he was playing... Not as alto, sad to say. He was playing tenor and flute because that's what Lloyd uh, was playing and that's the sound that Chico Hamilton wanted. So I went down to the jazz workshop to hear the band and I, was, I kept my eye on Jimmy Woods and he, to me, didn't look very happy in the band. And I thought, gee, should I approach him and introduce myself uh, or he might, he might be, you know, I don't know. He, he didn't look like he was uh, going to be any too friendly. And uh, I did. I kind of screwed up my courage and went over and, and met uh, Jimmy, introduced myself as a saxophone player, and a, a student of the saxophone, and I, how much I loved his playing. And as I, I said, I have both of your albums and some of your work with Gerald Wilson. And he was, he was quite impressed with that. And I said, you've been a big influence on my playing. And, and he was even, you know, so that kind of open, opened him up a little bit. He wasn't overly friendly, but he was very nice, and he really appreciated me chatting with him. And he, he actually confided um, to me that he wasn't terribly happy uh, playing the tenor saxophone in Chico's band, but he said, I have to go with what the band leader wants. And he said, you know, he said, I guess I'm an okay tenor player. And I said, well, you sound just fine, man. So he said, uh, but he said, you know, I'm almost ready to quit music completely. Uh, he said, when, when the gigs with Chico dry up, he said, I, I, I don't know. He said, I think I, I'm going to pack it in. And so I was a little bit uh, upset um, by him saying that, but anyway, that uh, that was it, and that was basically the end of the conversation. I said, "Well, thank you very much, uh, you know, Mr. Woods." He said, "No, don't call me Mr. Woods, man. You call me Jimmy." He said, "Thank you very much." He said, "I'm really happy that I met you. You going to stick around for the second set?" And I said, "I certainly am. I'm going to be here for the rest of the evening. I want to hear the band." He said, "Well, you, you have a good time." He said, "It's been very nice talking to you," and that was it. So. What happened after that was, uh, I guess, the gigs with, uh, with Chico dried up, and I know this for a fact, that he took a steady job as a social worker because he had a degree, and uh, that's the last I heard of him, and I think that was when he did that, that's when he completely dropped off the radar. And uh, as I said, to this day, I, found, I haven't found out any more information about Jimmy Woods. Um, so whether he's alive, dead, where he lives, who knows, but we have this music. So that's 
a little happening about Jimmy Woods. It's a little story. So we get to this album, and it's in two parts because it was recorded on two different recording sessions. The this first part is is interesting because Jimmy is playing alto saxophone, of course, with my friend Amos Trice on piano, the late Amos Trice, sad to say, and um, wonderful piano player. On bass, Jimmy Bond, who was uh, actually from Philadelphia, but he was a big part of the Los Angeles jazz scene at the time. And another uh, person who uh, uh, was a, a good friend of mine who later went on to play with Ray Charles, Milton Turner on drums, a very, very fine drummer. So we're going to hear that quartet on only the first tune, and it's a standard tune called Circus, uh, an obscure standard tune. Then we're going to add a trumpet player. And it's a, a very fine musician, another kind of an underground figure, good trumpet player by the name of Martin Banks. And Martin Banks is added on the next two tunes, which are two Jimmy Woods compositions. The title track, Awakening, and track number three called A New Twist. Then we're going to delete Martin Banks and add Joe Gordon on trumpet, who Jimmy Woods did his debut album with um, under Joe's name. And uh, we hear Joe uh, and Jimmy, of course, and the rest of the guys on a tune called Anticipation, written by Jimmy Woods. Then we add both trumpet players and Jimmy for a wonderful, rousing version of Cole Porter's Love for Sale. And that's part one of the album, and I'll tell you about part two when we finish part one. So the lineup of the tunes, Circus is the first tune with just the quartet. Then we add Martin Banks for the next two tunes, number, track number two, Awakening, and A New Twist, both Jimmy Woods compositions. Then we, add, uh, then we delete Mark, Martin Banks and add Joe Gordon for one tune called Anticipation, and then both trumpet players... Join Jimmy for the final tune, Love for Sale, by Cole Porter. The rhythm section once again, Amos Trice on piano, Jimmy Bond on bass, and Milton Turner on drums. And here is our jazz feature, Mr. Jimmy Woods, alto saxophone supreme.
And that's part one of our jazz feature this evening. The first session that made up this um, incredible debut recording by alto saxophonist Jimmy Woods. Jimmy on alto saxophone with Amos Trice on piano, Jimmy Bond on bass, and Milton Turner on drums. All recorded in Los Angeles September 13th, 1961. The first tune was a quartet tune, and it was a standard tune, a more obscure standard tune, entitled Circus. Then we added Martin Banks on trumpet to make it a quintet, and we heard two Jimmy Woods compositions, Awakening, the title track, and A New Twist. And then we deleted Martin Banks and added Joe Gordon on trumpet for another Jimmy Woods original entitled Anticipation. And then we brought in both trumpet players for the last tune of this session, which, of course, is Cole Porter's Love for Sale. And we heard the first soloist, uh, the first trumpet soloist on that was Joe Gordon. So that was the session number one that comprised of this album. And a few months later, in February of 1962, Jimmy Woods returned to the studio. And this is actually my favorite part of this recording because it's just Jimmy with uh, piano, bass, and drums. And the people involved here, some different people, a very fine pianist, again from uh, the Los Angeles area, went on to uh, teach, and he was uh, uh, one of the better piano teachers, taught a lot of people. Dick Whittington is on piano, and on bass, a very young Gary Peacock, who was just beginning his um, career, long career in jazz music. Gary Peacock is the bass player, and once again, my old friend Milton Turner on drums. And we're going to hear three tunes, all Jimmy Woods' compositions. The first one is entitled Not Yet. The second tune is dedicated to his uh, son, and it's called Little Jim. And the third tune is dedicated to his wife, and it's named after her. The tune is called Roma. So here then is part two of our jazz feature this evening, featuring the great and unique alto saxophone stylings of the one and only Jimmy Woods. We begin with Not Yet. Thank you. 
the second part of our jazz feature, Jimmy Woods on alto saxophone with Dick Whittington on piano, Gary Peacock on bass, and once again Milton Turner on drums, recorded on February 19th, 1962 in Los Angeles, and that made up part two of our jazz feature. And we heard three compositions by Jimmy Woods, and uh, showing his talent for uh, composing interesting tunes, and of course his uh, incredibly unique and individual alto saxophone playing. And uh, that's one thing that Jimmy, I remember the conversation with with Jimmy Woods um, ended on um, a note where he said, you know, just keep on playing and remember that it's very important to play yourself. And... um, not anybody else, and uh, you'll find that voice. <laughs> that was um, um, sort of paraphrasing the words he, he left me with when I met Jimmy uh, that one time at the jazz workshop in San Francisco that I talked about at the beginning of the show. Anyway, the tunes we heard uh, by Jimmy, we um, started this set with Not Yet, first composition. The second tune was dedicated to his uh, little son, and it was called Little Jim, and the third tune was entitled Roma, dedicated to his wife, and um, that's it. And, of course, uh, as I mentioned before, uh, who knows whether Jimmy Woods is uh, still with us or not. Um, It's a bit of a mystery, and there's very, very little information uh, on the Internet as well. Um, I did hear something where uh, he showed up sometime in in Scotland and um, played with some Scottish musicians. Um, This could have happened. Who knows? But uh, let's face it, Jimmy Woods was completely off the uh, national uh, jazz scene by the mid-60s. And uh, very, very nothing has been really heard of him since then. All right, he shall remain one of those uh, mysteries. But we do have this album, and one day we'll feature his second album, which was a very important and critically acclaimed album called Conflict, which was an album of all of his compositions. And it's uh, the album is a tremendous uh, get-together of some very, very great musicians, uh, along with Jimmy as well. We'll do that album sometime. I think we featured it many years ago, but it deserves another listen because it was, as I said, a very, very important album, his second album under his own name. So I hope you enjoyed that first album. The album was called Awakening, and it came out on, uh, initially came out on contemporary records, and as I mentioned before, it was done in two um, separate sessions with uh, different groups of musicians. And we heard the first part and the second part. And you are listening to CITR FM 101.9 or on the web, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and this is The Jazz Show. Next up, after a couple of messages, we're going to take you to Berlin to a concert by Ella Fitzgerald. And this is with her working quartet. It's considered one of the very finest performances by the great lady. And she was born on this day in 1917. 
Ella Jane Fitzgerald, who really is one of the great voices of jazz. Um, there is nobody that can match her when it comes to scat singing. Uh, she literally put that style on the map. An incredible musical personality that just lived to be on the stage. And uh, yet she was very, she led a very sort of modest, um, private life. And uh, she was an incredible individual. And we're going to hear this, uh, um, a whole bunch from this concert, Ella in Berlin, uh, right after these messages. So stay tuned. Happy birthday, Ella Fitzgerald. Hey students, it's done. You made it through the school year and now it's time to pack up and move out. Remember when you got sick right around exam time and had to get that prescription? While you're packing up your life, you'll probably come across some unused or expired meds that helped you get through the cramming for that one last test. You need to make sure you return all drugs to the local pharmacy for proper disposal. Don't throw it out and don't flush it down the drain. The pharmacy is the easiest and safest place to return any unwanted drugs. Help to reduce misuse and safely keep drugs out of our environment. This message is brought to you by the health products industry. Last year, over 650 BC teens aged out of foster care without a permanent family. Adoption is not just for babies. Teens need families too. Only 24 teens in BC were adopted last year. November is Adoption Awareness Month. To find out more about adopting a teen, contact the Adoptive Families Association of BC. Call 1-877-ADOPT-07 or visit us at bcadopt.com. Ella Fitzgerald in Berlin. She recorded tons of albums, of course. She was uh, uh, produced by the great uh, Norman Grants, and uh, she um, was, he did so much for uh, Ella and her career, and uh, he was her producer right up to um, the end of her life. And uh, this album uh, was recorded in 1960 when Ella was uh, at one of her great peaks uh, performing in, in Berlin. Uh, this album won a couple of Grammy Awards for the, at the time, and uh, it, it is considered one of her prime albums, indispensable album. If you uh, own any album by Ella Fitzgerald, this one should be it. And she performs with her quartet, uh, on this uh, date, was recorded February 13th, 1960, at the Deutschland Hall in Berlin. Um, and I guess at the time it would be West Berlin because uh, the Berlin Wall hadn't come down yet. And uh, the people involved here, uh, Paul Smith, one of the great uh, accompanists, uh, just a fine, fine piano player, Jim Hall on guitar, uh, Wilfred Middlebrooks on bass, and Gus Johnson Jr. on drums. And we're going to hear a whole medley of tunes um, by Ella. And we're going to begin with the famous uh, George and Ira Gershwin tune from um, the opera Porgy and Bess, Summertime. And it's probably one of the most familiar tunes in the repertoire of music, period. Then we're going to move to a Cole Porter tune, uh, actually a great tune to sing in the summertime, especially if you live in New York or Montreal or one of the eastern cities where it gets really humid. And this tune is very appropriate. It's called Too Darn Hot. 
And then another George and Ira Gershwin tune called Lorelei follows up. And then a great version of Mac the Knife, and written by Kurt Weil and Bertolt Brecht. And, of course, everyone knows that tune, too. The final tune is incredible. Ella takes off on How High the Moon, which, of course, um, um, actually, no, it's Mac the Knife that she, this is, it's a kind of a new tune for her, and she um, really hadn't uh, fully memorized the lyrics of the tune too well, so she substituted her own, and... uh, um, it, it's it's quite funny how she comes out of this. But Ella was such a supreme pro that uh, it just it just works, you know, because she was that kind. Then we get into How High the Moon, where Ella just kind of this is a great uh, Im- a tune where she just improvises like a saxophone or a trumpet and uh, scats uh, so incredibly as only she can. So here she is, Ella Jane Fitzgerald. Happy birthday, Ella. And she is the first lady of song, without a doubt.
She had a yen for all the sailors, fishermen and gobs and whalers. She had a most immoral eye. They called her Lorelei. She created quite a stir, and I want to be like her. Thank you. 
Ella Fitzgerald, all right. She was born on this day in 1917 and passed away June the 16th, 1996, after a series of illnesses. This is Ella at one of her great peaks, and of course uh, this album, Ella in Berlin, was the re- recipient of a couple of Grammy Awards. And it's one of those essential albums, if you like Ella Fitzgerald and love her music, this is an essential album that you have to have. Because she was um, in wonderful spirits, and just the whole album is just a, a gem. And it's a real great portrait of a great lady, the first lady of song, Ella Fitzgerald. Recorded February 16, 1960, in concert at the Deutschland Hall in West Berlin. Ella Fitzgerald, along with Paul Smith at the piano, Jim Hall on guitar, Wilfred Middlebrooks on bass, and Gus Johnson on drums. And we heard a selection of tunes uh, from that album, beginning with uh, the great tune from the opera Porky and Bess, written by the Gershwins and Du Bois Hayward. 
Summertime, one of the most familiar melodies in all of all times. And then a great tune by Cole Porter, Too Darn Hot. And then another Gershwin tune uh, about a vamp called Lorelei. And then, of course, um, Ella and her wonderful version of Mac the Knife, which was just had been made popular at the time, written by Kurt Weill and Bertolt Brecht. And the tune from the Three Penny Opera, the original title of that tune was Moratat. Um, but anyway, uh, Mac the Knife, it became known as with the lyrics. And interestingly enough, Ella uh, wasn't that familiar with the tune, and she actually forgot the lyrics. But she recovered so fast. She was such a great performer and just entertained the, uh, the, the people. She didn't drop a beat. Uh, wonderful. And the final tune, of course, she just took off on the great um, bebop. Uh, classic that was, well, played with by every modern jazz musician, How High the Moon. And she took off like a great saxophone player or a trumpet player and just scattered her way through that that tune. So there you go, Ella Fitzgerald, Ella in Berlin. And, of course, uh, Norman Grantz was her producer um, almost right from the, really uh, from the mid-'40s right on to her, um, her passing, Ella Fitzgerald. All right, celebrating her birthday. Another gentleman that celebrated a birthday is coming up, one of the great tenor saxophonists and most influential uh, tenor saxophonists of all times. We're going to play something from his favorite recording, and um, I'll tell you about that in just a moment. We have a couple of messages for you, beginning with... This one to tell you that you are listening to The Jazz Show, and my name's Gavin Walker. That's one message. You're on CITR FM 101.9, or if you're listening on your computer, www.citr.ca. And... How much do you know about bikes? Everything? Perfect. Nothing at all? Even better. At the UBC Bike Kitchen, you can use our space and tools to do your own bike maintenance, get one-on-one instruction on how to fix your bike yourself, or drop your bike off for us to repair. You can also buy a fully refurbished, guaranteed used bicycle, or a variety of new and used parts and accessories. The Bike Kitchen is UBC's non-profit, student-owned, full-service bike shop. We're located in the basement of the Student Union Building. Just look for the stairwell on the north side of the sub across from Gage Towers or search for the UBC Bike Kitchen on Facebook. Stop by the Bike Kitchen and then get riding. Hi, my name's Matthew. When I first got back from a military tour in Afghanistan, any time I heard a siren or even a car alarm, I'd lose it completely. I would turn into a wild man, screaming, waving my arms. People would yell at me, shut up, you crazy. Get a job, would you? Well, I didn't go out and get a job. I got help instead. Now, I'm in a clean and safe apartment. I have friends and helpers who understand me. I landed a decent job. But I gotta admit, I still don't like car alarms or sirens. I used to think mental illness was a death sentence. I got life instead. This message was produced by Columbian Center Society and Radio Malaspina in British Columbia.
Well, we're going to take a look at the weather tonight. And, of course, uh, tonight is a few clouds uh, with a low of 6. Not bad. And tomorrow will be increasing cloudiness in the morning. And uh, I guess some sunny breaks in the afternoon. Low of 6 and a high of 14. Wednesday, the outlook is for cloudy with a low of 7 and a high of 16. Thursday brightens up. Sunny with a low of 8 and a high of 17. It's not too warm out there, but it's nice. And uh, there's no uh, untoward precipitation in the forecast until we hit Friday. And then Friday is a mix of sun and cloud. We may get the odd shower here. Now, there's a 40% chance of a shower on Friday with a low of 10 and a high of 15. Then for the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, a mix of sun and cloud with a low of 6 and highs between 15 and 18. So it doesn't look to be too bad. Uh, spring weather, all that kind of stuff, leading into the merry month of May. And uh, there you go. Joe Henderson, one of the most important saxophonists of this or any other generation, the late Joe Henderson. Um, I am told, I never mentioned this or never spoke to Joe about this particular album, but I have been told on good authority that this is one of his very favorite albums under his own name. Now, he is responsible for a lot of incredible albums, not only as a leader, but as a sideman. He was one of the most unique voices of the tenor saxophone and um, lived in the Bay Area for years and, of course, um, is just such a, an influence on um, so many players. This is Joe Henderson sort of unimpeded, no piano, nothing, just bass and drums, but Charlie Hayden on bass and Al Foster on drums. And um, this wonderful album was uh, recorded for... Um, uh, it was actually recorded live, and it features, um, uh, let's see, uh, as part of the um, Genova Jazz Festival in Via Imperial in Italy in July of 1987. I was trying to figure out uh, on the album uh, where it gives you that information, and there it is, because I knew it was a li uh, live recording. And it came out on the, the European um, Red Records. And this, we're going to hear two fairly lengthy tunes, two favorites of Joe's that he loved to play. The first one was written by fellow saxophonist Sam Rivers. And it's a great tune that Sam wrote for his lovely wife. And it's called Beatrice. The second tune, of course, is the famous Bronislaw caper tune, Invitation which Joe owns, and uh, I don't think anybody plays that tune better than Joe Henderson. So here then is Joe Henderson on tenor saxophone, Charlie Hayden on bass, and Al Foster on drums. Thank you. 
Thank <laughs> you. 
two lengthy pieces recorded with Joe Henderson on tenor saxophone, Charlie Hayden on bass, and Al Foster on drums, and recorded at the uh, Genova Jazz Festival at uh, Via Imperial in Italy in July of 1987. And uh, I am told that this is one of Joe Henderson's all-time favorite records of his own playing. And, of course, Joe Henderson recorded prolifically, um, did some classic albums, of course, on Blue Note, and then began recording for other labels over the years until his untimely death. He celebrated his birthday on April 24th. And um, a little bit of a tribute to this great and distinctive voice of the tenor saxophone and one of the most influential musicians as well, Joe Henderson. We heard two tunes. The first one was written by fellow saxophonist Sam Rivers and entitled Beatrice. Uh, Sam wrote that for his wife. And the second tune, of course, is a tune that Joe owns. And, of course, it's a standard tune played by everyone, but no one does it quite like Joe and uh, his version of Invitation. And, of course, backed uh, so beautifully by Charlie Hayden on bass and Al Foster on drums. Joe Henderson, and the album is uh, came out on Red Records called An Evening with Joe Henderson. We'll be right back with some uh, orchestral music that we've played before, uh, but we're going to play again because, uh, well, I think it's worth listening to. And uh, just like to remind you that you are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9. My name's Gavin Walker. We're also on the web, www.citr.ca. Our jazz features starting next month are going to be all about Miles Davis. Miles Davis, in the month of May, would have celebrated his 90th birthday. And so we're going to pay tribute to one of the most influential and greatest musicians in jazz music, Miles Davis, with a series of hand-picked recordings, a few of which may be as a surprise, and uh, we'll be featuring them every week, every Monday in May as our jazz feature. So it'll be the music of Miles Davis. Incidentally, I should mention that I saw the movie, which is playing at the Fifth Avenue Theater, Miles Ahead, the movie starring, as Miles Davis, an actor that I have a great deal of respect for, Don Cheadle. The movie, for me, was a dud, a total dud. It didn't make it. Um... Unfortunately, it didn't really give me a, a picture of Miles Davis. Yes, I'm aware that I know a lot of his history, and I met the man over the years several times and that sort of thing. And I kind of decided because the, the, the story is basically a fictitious, or part of the story is fictitious, uh, written just for the movie, and... I thought, well, I'll just suspend all of the stuff that I know about Miles and just accept the movie for what it is. And it's not good, as far as I was concerned. And I think that Miles Davis's life, any aspect of Miles Davis's life, 
would make a great movie. You could take the period from some one date to another date, make a movie out of it with a flashback to an earlier date and maybe a forward flash to the later, but make it real, make it his life. He led a, such a unique life that why does anyone have to create a fictitious story to make a movie? I'm sorry um, to say this about the movie, but that's my opinion, and um, I know a lot of other people have praised the movie, but a lot of people have condemned it as well, and somehow Hollywood has never been very kind to jazz music in terms of movies, Um, and uh, uh, the Miles Davis movie certainly didn't make it. And as I said before, even if I had never heard of Miles Davis and just accepted this as a movie, it would be like a movie that you would watch at uh, <laughs> maybe at 3 o'clock in the morning on television because you can't get to sleep. Um, it just wasn't very good. And I'm sorry for such a talented man as Don Cheadle. And I don't know what happened and why the movie turned out to be that way for me. And that's my opinion. Anyway, aside from that, we're going to celebrate Miles Davis on the jazz show with some incredible recordings, I can guarantee, next month. All right, with that in mind, uh, a couple of announcements, and we'll be right back with some great orchestral music that I've always liked. Hey, did you know? More than 4,500 Canadians are waiting for an organ transplant right now. Right now. 4,500. People are dying. And you could save a life. 90% of Canadians say they're willing to donate their organs. But only a few are registered. So what are you waiting for? Get registered. It's easy and it's free. Leave a legacy. Be a hero. Save Save a life. life. Find out how to register today. Go to kidney.ca. You're listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Hunkaminam-speaking Musqueam people. One thing I would like to uh, mention, um, I'm going to tell you about a couple of websites that I usually talk about, but uh, um, a very fine band called Monk's Dream will be playing this Friday at the uh, Libra Room down on uh, Commercial Drive, and it's a a really interesting band uh, with some very good people, and they play the music of Thelonious Monk. And one of the reasons I'd like to mention that, my very good friend Don Fraser is playing drums in that band, and uh, it's uh, going to be, uh, he tells me that the band is really developed, and um, it'll be a very nice evening of jazz at the Lieber Room, which is, of course, always a very popular spot down at Commercial Drive. So I just thought I'd mention it. It's this Friday, August 29th, uh, August 29th, April 29th. I'm ahead of myself here. April 29th, all right, at the Libra Room this Friday evening. Of course, um, the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society. That's an incredible website. You can purchase tickets for events. You can also um, book reservations at uh, the great uh, jazz club Frankie's. 
which is, of course, down on, on Beattie Street, and the schedule is all on that website. Everything is there, and it's coastaljazz.ca, coastaljazz.ca. It's the perfect website, very comprehensive and very up-to-date. The other fine website, of course, is the website put together by my old friend Brian Nation, and that is VancouverJazz.com. That's also a very comprehensive website. So two good ones to get on to, and I always like to remind you of them, uh, CoastalJazz.ca and VancouverJazz.com, both excellent websites. You can browse around them, spend a lot of time on them, and just have have a ball. Uh, checking things out, and uh, as I said, looking at shows, uh, seeing what you want to see, all kinds of jazz festival stuff is already up on the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society, and tickets, uh, you can purchase tickets, you can do all that all that kind of stuff as well. So uh, valuable information right there on those two websites. And uh, just a brief mention of my good friend Ken Speller. Ken uh, is a very fine musician and a music teacher, and but he also repairs musical instruments. So he's kind of a man for all seasons. Now, if you need a music teacher, he's a good guy to get a hold of. He has a, a business called Music at Home, and he comes to your house and will teach you how to play the flute, the clarinet, the saxophone, and teach you the basics of music, uh, teach you... Uh, um, advise you on, on uh, a good instrument to purchase or rent, uh, all this kind of stuff. And uh, a very, very good and experienced music teacher, but he's also an excellent repairman. And uh, this is every, every musician, well, it's like owning a car. You know, you, you have to have a good mechanic, someone you trust. And um, Musicians that own musical instruments, wind instruments, especially with a lot of moving parts like clarinets, saxophones, flutes, they need upkeep all the time, and you need to have a good repairman. And Ken Speller is a good repairman. He does his uh, work uh, in his home, and he doesn't have the overhead of a store, so his costs are very reasonable to uh, give your instrument a tweak or an overhaul, whatever you need, and put it in great playing shape so that you can sound your best. So Ken Speller, um, you can phone him at uh, 778-800-1933. That's 778-800-1933. Or check him out uh, via email, kspeller underscore 14 at yahoo.ca. kspeller underscore 14 at yahoo.ca. This is some orchestral music from an album called Black Dahlia. And uh, I featured this a while back. I love the music on this. Um, There is a theme to this. We're not even going to get into that. Let's just listen to the music as it is. It's uh, it's very evocative, and it features a very, very large orchestra with all kinds of important people in here, such as Lou Soloff, uh, Tim Haggins, Lou Marini, um, uh, every Joe Lovano, um, all kinds of people, just a huge orchestra. But it's conducted, and the compositions are all written by the late and wonderful Bob Belden. And he wrote this um, score, 
And of course, uh, as I said, it does have an underlying theme. It's sort of program music, but it stands on its own. So we're not even going to get into uh, the meaning of the music. You discover your own meaning uh, just listening to these pieces. And uh, we're going to uh, hear four of them. Um, The first one is entitled Genesis. The second one is called In Flight. The the composition number three is entitled Dawn. And tune number four, composition number four, is called The City of Angels. And it's from the Black Dahlia Suite, composed and orchestrated by Bob Belden. I'll tell you the soloists um, after we hear this very evocative and moving music, beginning with Genesis. Thank you. 
We heard four movements from this suite of music written by Bob Belden. As I mentioned before, there is a storyline connected to it, but we're not getting into that. Some of you may get a hint of it by the title of the album, which is entitled Black Dahlia. And uh, it featured a huge orchestra, but prominent in all of those tunes was the amazing trumpet work of uh, Tim Haggins. And, of course, the uh, great orchestra, including uh, Ira Coleman on bass and Billy Kilson on drums and all kinds of people in that orchestra. If I, I'd spend uh, all night here just telling you how, how many people are in the band and all their names and that. So that's not necessary. But uh, the orchestra was conducted by Bob Belden, and he composed and orchestrated all the music and it was recorded in uh, the year of 2000 and issued on Columbia Records and entitled Bob Belden, Black Dahlia. And it tells you the whole story and why he wrote the music and that sort of thing. But it stands on its own. It's uh, wonderful, very moody music. You create your own movie uh, when you listen to this. And um, we heard the first four movements from um, this uh, suite entitled uh, Genesis, Part two was entitled In Flight, part three, Dawn, and the final piece was City of Angels, Bob Belden with uh, Tim Haggins as trumpet soloist. We're going to turn now. I mentioned that uh, my friend Don Fraser was involved in a band uh, playing at the uh, Libra Room on this Friday called Monk's Dream. And it's a very a very fine little band, and uh, Don, of course, is playing drums. And it just kind of, um, and, and they play the music of Thelonious Monk. Now, here's another band that played the music of Thelonious Monk, but we go back to the Phase 2, which was a coffee house in New York City, March of 1963. And one person that has studied every aspect of Monk's music, he even played with Thelonious uh, for six months, I'm talking about the great virtuoso of the soprano saxophone, the one and only Steve Lacey, the late and wonderful Steve Lacey. On trombone with Steve is Roswell Rudd, who is still around and still playing. On bass, someone who was <laughs> thought for many years to have died is still very much with us, very much alive. And uh, I just uh, chatted with him uh, just a few days ago. He's very busy, um, and he's playing with uh, all kinds of people. I'm talking about the great bassist Henry Grimes, who seemed to disappear in the mid-'60s, and he did. Uh, he wasn't well for a number of years, and he uh, was uh, rediscovered and um, brought back to musical life and all that kind of stuff. It's a long story. But Henry Grimes is back to stay, but he was one of the most prominent bassists of his time and loved to and played with all kinds of people. He also studied with Charles Mingus and subbed for Mingus many times when Mingus uh, would play piano in his band. Henry Grimes is the bassist here and the late, great West Indian drummer Dennis Charles. We're going to hear two tunes. Um, the first tune is Monk's Dream, of all things. And the second tune is Monk's great uh, tune entitled Brilliant Corners, which was the title of one of Monk's most influential albums. 
So this is the quartet led by Steve Lacey on soprano saxophone, Roswell Rudd on trombone, Henry Grimes on bass, Dennis Charles on drums, and Monk's Dream. Thank you. 
music of Thelonious Monk, played by someone who fully understood all the permutations and combinations of Monk's music and studied it and actually worked with Mr. Monk for about six months. And I'm talking about soprano saxophonist Steve Lacey, who led that, uh, that crew of musicians, quartet, ironically with no piano, Roswell Rudd on trombone, Mr. Lacey, of course, on soprano saxophone, Henry Grimes on bass, and Dennis Charles on drums. And um, Mr. Rudd and Mr. Grimes are still very much with us. And uh, Steve Lacey, of course, has long since departed, as has drummer Dennis Charles. We heard two lengthy tunes recorded actually at the Phase 2 Coffee House, where this uh, little band was ensconced for a while in New York City, in in the village, um, recorded in March of 1963, and uh, was originally issued on the English label M&M. And uh, we have... We heard Monk's Dream was the first tune and the very famous, um, very eccentric composition, Brilliant Corners, and uh, two of uh, Monk's most intriguing um, compositions played wonderfully by this uh, group of musicians. Great album. We're going to uh, move now to uh, a wonderful album which uh, a good friend of mine, whose favorite drummer, and mine too, was Philly Joe Jones, who was the drummer on this date. And uh, this is an album that uh, my old friend Bill Boyle, who was one of Vancouver's uh, finest jazz drummers, and uh, Bill and I were very good friends because we met at the original Cellar many, many years ago, and we ended up playing together quite a bit, playing music together, and... and, uh, um, Bill, of course, was uh, an avid, uh, became an avid record collector as well, and um, was an amazing, rather amazing person. But he, he had some great expressions. He said, this record, which was originally issued on the Riverside label called Big Six, he says, you know, jazz listeners come in all shapes and sizes. This one separates the men from the boys. And, and what he meant by that is this music on this album is the real thing. This is what jazz sounds like. And of course, the people involved here, the great Blue Mitchell on trumpet, who's, who's, most, who's often overlooked um, as, as one of the most influential trumpeters in the, in the uh, 1960s. Great lyrical player, beautiful uh, uh, performer as well. Blue Mitchell on trumpet, along with Curtis Fuller on trombone, and someone who celebrated a birthday anniversary on the 24th, the Chicago Fire, little Johnny Griffin on tenor saxophone, Winton Kelly on piano, the great Chicago bassist, Wilbur Ware, and, of course, on drums, Philly Joe Jones. We're going to hear two selections from this album, Big Six, and the first one is uh, written by Blue Mitchell. That's the title. We're going to hear that tune, Big Six. And the second tune is called Brother Ball, and it's written in honor, of course, of Cannonball Adderley. And uh, it's um, Blue Mitchell's tribute to uh, a gentleman who uh, encouraged him to uh, stay in New York and uh, fight it out and reach the highest echelons of jazz. 
Cannonball Adderley. So he wrote that tune in honor of Cannonball called it Brother Ball. So those two tunes, Big Six and Brother Ball, both compositions by Blue Mitchell from his great album Big Six.
Two compositions by Blue Mitchell from this album entitled Big Six, which was uh, issued by Riverside Records in the late 50s, and uh, it featured an all-star cast. Uh, The two tunes we heard, um, first one was the title track, Big Six by Blue Mitchell, and the second one was dedicated to... uh, his one of his mentors, Cannonball Adderley, and entitled and fellow Floridian, and entitled Brother Ball. The people involved here: Blue Mitchell on trumpet, Curtis Fuller on trombone, Johnny Griffin on tenor saxophone, Winton Kelly on piano, Wilbur Ware on bass, and the great Philly Joe Jones on drums, keeping the fires burning. On that one, our final performance this evening 
is by a wonderful tenor saxophonist by the name of Al Cohn. Al Cohn was a great writer. Um, he was in several legendary bands, including the great uh, Second Herd, uh, Woody Herman's band. Uh, he played alongside Stan Getz and Serge Chiloff and, and Zoot Sims. And uh, Al Cohn and Zoot Sims formed a great little band together. They had a mutual admiration society, formed a, a two-tenor team, and uh, played all over the country. And uh, Al Cohn was just a very, very prolific uh, musician. Unfortunately, um, he passed away um, about a year after this recording, died of, um, of cancer. And uh, he was ill on this recording, but you would never know it. And uh, it was recorded in Holland with the, uh, one of the finest European rhythm sections, René de Graaf on piano, Cousaris on acoustic bass, and Eric Ineke on drums, and Al Cohn on tenor saxophone. What a sound he got. Here his uh, version of a great standard tune to uh, close this edition of The Jazz Show. This is Al Cohn playing Speak Low.
tenor saxophonist Al Cohn and uh, a wonderful Dutch rhythm section, one of the best in Europe and inspired uh, all the great players that went over there and recorded with these guys. René de Graaf on piano, Cousseris on acoustic bass, and Eric Inica on drums. Re- this was recorded June 6, 1987 in, uh, in Holland and the great saxophonist Al Cohn. And um, he passed away about a year after this recording and uh, from, from cancer, sad to say. One of the most prolific musicians in jazz and uh, possessed, possessed a great, huge sound on the saxophone and most interesting ideas as well. And fun to listen to, as always, Al Cohn. Ending another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR. Next week is the merry month of May. And, of course, it's, um, it's the birth month of one of the most famous, charismatic, and fascinating musicians in all of jazz. And I'm talking about Miles Dewey Davis. All our jazz features in May will feature a hand-picked selection of great recordings and significant recordings in the vast catalog of Miles Davis's music. And uh, we'll be doing them all the month of May in honor of this 90th um, anniversary month of this uh, incredible musician. So there you go. Miles Davis will be next month's jazz feature artist every Monday in May. Thank you very much for being out there this evening. On behalf of uh, The Jazz Show, myself, Gavin Walker, and CITR, And we shall return in seven days and see you in the month of May. Take care. Bye-bye.
Thank you.